I'm Brian Hu. I'm Ada Singh. And welcome to Saturday School. When your friends are watching Saturday morning cartoons, you're being forced to learn Asian American pop culture history. Welcome back to Saturday School. For today's class, we're talking about a film by H.P. Mendoza called Fruit Fly. But before we talk about Fruit Fly, we have to talk about Colma the Musical, which is a movie by the same team which came out first. Colma is from 2006 and Fruit Fly is 2009. So maybe we can start by talking about why we love these movies. Yes. Asian American cinema in like pretty much throughout its entire history is kind of an impoverished form. Very few people working in kind of genres beyond comedies and dramas. So, so like for somebody to embrace both the like impoverished side of independent filmmaking plus the extravagance of the musical, that was pretty cool. And for Colma the Musical to be about a small suburb of San Francisco where there are more cemeteries than live people and turn that into musical was especially funny. And I mean, H.P. Mendoza was such a discovery as a talent, as a songwriter and lyricist. People were very excited to see like where this team would go next, and and so that's that's that was the anticipation that built around Fruit Fly. But I I would I would say that like I remember um as as we were trying to figure out what films to include in our series on comedies, we both rewatched Fruit Fly, and we're like, is this a comedy? Yeah. Yeah. So Fruit Fly is about a Filipina woman moving to the Bay Area. I grew up in Maryland, and when my adopted parents died, I went to the Philippines to find out who my real parents are. Nobody knows where my mother went. Everyone assumes she died. It's the heaviest thing in my life so far. She's also discovering the performance art underground in San Francisco. Guess I'll be performing the same piece for a long time. Basically, the premise is pretty emo. I mean, she's like down on her luck most of the time. Yeah, it's kind of like the plight of an artist who doesn't quite have a handle on her work or career trajectory yet. So I think like in any other hands, this would just sound so pitiful. <laughs> and this would, this would not be, this would not be a comedy. And we're still not necessarily sold that it's a comedy. Not that it needs it's to be. It's an H.P. Mendoza type comedy. <laughs> but def- definitely like what makes these films so memorable are the moments of playfulness that comes out through song. And that's a huge part of the H.P. Mendoza touch. I think with Fruit Fly, though, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think we first saw it when it was a centerpiece film at the San Francisco International Asian American Film Festival. Yeah. But I remember watching that movie there and people were just roaring with laughter. So I think a, a big part of my association with this film is being able to indulge in the in-jokiness of it. It's, it's a specific kind of winking at the audience that makes the audience feel empowered, feeling like this belongs to me in a way that other movies might not have. And like the specific junction of gay and Asian American and San Francisco identities all coming together. Yeah, and I think that's very purposeful on his part. I was revisiting the interview I did with him when the movie first came out. He was talking about how he writes his songs and how in a lot of musicals, like if you think about Jennifer Hudson's song in Dreamgirls, where it's like, it's amazing, but no one can actually sing to it. And he thinks of his musicals yeah. as including songs that are very inclusive and everyone can sing to. And, you know, you can karaoke to it. And it's just very fun. And I think even though he was talking about music, I think that's his style as well. When you watch his movies and the humor, like it's very inclusive of the audience. And just like in a way that's like knowing that the audience is going to get this because they're his people. Which I think kind of helps him toe this fine line because a lot of his humor is also very critical but if you feel like you're 
speaking to your own community, then I think it softens the blow a little bit because it's something that we all see and we all kind of understand and we're kind of poking fun at ourselves in a way. Poor Ellie Renegan. She's the victim of so much attitude by these gay men. You guys, this is my new roommate Bethesda, a bonafide fag hag. Fag hag? Fag hag, homo honey fruit loop, Goldilocks, fag and lover, fairy princess, hag along, fag whore, bummer, dumber, stinker, liquor, queer, steer, cook your house, sissy, slut, squish, fish, fancy, fancy, fag hag. It's the first time that she goes to the gay club with her roommate and she gets surrounded by a group of people. I don't even think it's all gay men. I think it's just everybody at the club starts pointing their fingers at her. We are the hag. We are the hag. Yeah, she becomes pigeonholed as a straight woman who likes to hang around a lot of gay men. I feel like when I heard about Fruit Fly, I was like, oh, that sounds so fun. At that time, fag hag, it wasn't something that was necessarily offensive to me. I might have been called that at one point in my <laughs> life. So I feel like it was something I really related to. Not that I got like verbally assaulted by it in the way that the character does in the movie. <laughs> For me, the intrigue of the film was like, oh, like I, t- I feel like I will totally recognize this world. Nowadays, there's a lot more intellectual discourse yeah. why the term fag hag is not appropriate and all these things. But I would say that the movie, like even though it was 2009, it knew that there was something potentially wrong about indulging in that word and like using it to, to label people. It doesn't really flip it around. I mean, it, was, it does kind of embrace it, but then it like overwhelms you with it, and especially in that one song where they're finding all the other euphemisms. But it was hilarious. The characters in the film get away with it because they're so funny and it's through songs and it's so <laughs> crazy you know what i mean it's just this world that you get swept up in i'm not much into clubs actually i kind of like it here hmm. another memorable one i think is the one that's called we have so much in common it's the one that takes place in the club when the two men are awkwardly meeting for the first time are searching for something in common but no two topics are ever the same we know that we may have nothing in common and that is the problem with playing a game i don't like games neither do i well there you have it we see eye to eye what a guy and like part of the humor comes in the shock value of the language so we both like to fuck we have so much in common and we both like to clock we have so much in common we both like to take a fat dick from behind and we both can experiment while intertwined but specifically this like comedy through song and then like once it's once it becomes lyrics it it takes on a different kind of abstraction where it's we can't think of necessarily as literal It, it, it becomes highlighted in a different like in a fluorescent pen that makes us look at it differently uh, and, and the song enhances the comedy of that and that's the thing even if you don't specifically relate to it i think you can find the humor in the fact that he's taking something so specific <laughs> and paying so much attention and detail to it yeah but then it's deeper than that there's a lot of kind of really um raw issues that you're tackling so it's not like laugh out loud moment after another
if you think about H.P. Mendoza as a comedic voice, like what do you think is unique about it? So I think there are certain things that we could think about, like the elements of his work. So obviously that would be songs and wordplay and certain kind of themes, usually with like outcast characters. But in terms of, I think, I think what's more interesting is like tone, which I think is harder to grasp, but that there is something that's very specific to him. I, I, think, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to say meanness because, because it's not really about meanness. That's kind of what makes it funny. I don't think we need to shy away from that. Sometimes it's like super mean. <laughs> I think it's kind of like what we talk about a lot where it's like, you know, sometimes things need to be critiqued. Yeah, he's like pointing out something that either like everyone sees but isn't saying, or maybe some people aren't even seeing, but he points it out in a way that's so clever yeah. that you can kind of laugh about it. That cleverness to me is what really stands out about his work. Also looking at his second film, I Am a Ghost, thinking about part of his craft is actually this like real attention to detail. So whether in his lyrics or like the way that he designed San Francisco and the attention to like making you appreciate the assembly of the craft. There's all these jokes, but in the end, it's a movie about being an artist, right? It's yeah. about being a struggling artist, someone who's young and still not sure where they're going and kind of all the insecurities and instabilities about yeah. that. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, and absolutely. And then like, and, but watching the film, knowing that H.P. Mendoza is an artist, he's like an artist without a whole lot of resources, but he's still able to project this kind of brilliance. I mean, that, that is the ultimate like, validation for the artist, like, watching a movie like this about their own insecurities, but seeing, but HP can do it, maybe I can too. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice ending. Okay, all right. <laughs> 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 So that's our episode. If you like Fruit Fly but haven't seen Coleman the Musical, you gotta go back and watch that too. It's a cult classic and it just had its 10 year anniversary. Saturday School is a proud member of Potluck, a collective of podcasts that feature stories and voices from the Asian American community. Saturday School is produced by me and Brian. Our logo is by Grace Tallis Lee. Our theme song is courtesy of Rimsky Music and Premium Beat. Dramatic pause. Gay, 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 gay. We have a Tiny Letter newsletter that you can sign up for to get lecture notes. Tiny Letter slash Saturday School podcast. Or if you have any questions or comments, you can tweet us. I'm at Ada Singh, A-D-A-T-S-E-N-G, and Brian is at Who's Brian, H-U-S-B-R-I-A-N. Next week, we're going further back in time again, so your assignment is to watch the 1982 film Chan is Missing by Wayne Wing. Got it? All right, class dismissed. <laughs>